Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We continue today with our study of the first book of Kings, that is Melachim Aleph. We are in chapter 12, that's Perak Yud Bet. This is the second podcast on this chapter. We are starting now with verse 16. We just read how Rechavam, that is Shlomo Solomon's son, Rechavam, or Rehoboam in English, how he... He uh, ignored the advice of the elders to loosen the load of taxes and labor upon the people and took advice from the young ones to crack down hard on the people and um, that this obviously did not go over well when, he, when the people asked him uh, under the leadership of Yeravam, of Jeroboam, under his leadership, they asked him to decrease their load of taxes and that they would serve him loyally Instead, he turned around and came back down hard on them. So, verse 16, Vayar kol Yisrael, and all of the people of Israel saw, ki lo that the king did not listen to them. He didn't, he didn't uh, uh, listen to their request. And they answered, their response to the king was as follows, What place do we have in in the monarchy of David, we have no inheritance, we have no share in the, in the son of Jesse. Yisrael, um, everybody in Israel, go back home. Now, you, David, you look after your own house. Presumably, this was a reference. Look after your own house. Your your tribe of Judah, go ahead. Take care of yourselves. We have nothing to do with you. Vayelech Yisrael ohalav. And the people of Israel went back to their tents. Uvnei Yisrael hayoshvim biarei Yehuda. And the people of Israel also. So remember, at this point, they were all called people of Israel, even the people of Judah. But those that lived in the towns of Judah, Vayimloch Aleim Rechavam, Rechavam Rehavam, remained king over those that resided in the territory of Judah. Uh, and we'll see soon that that also included the tribe of Benjamin, of Benjamin, who was also living in the close proximity to Yehuda. So now we have the split. So what did Rechavam do? How, what was his response? Again, he still didn't change his mind. Rechavam, the king, sent Adoram. He hired a man, a tax collector, Asher Halamas, who was in charge of the... the it, it, I, I, he, I've been using the term tax, but this was more of a labor tax that the people had to um, give a certain amount of, of required labor to help in building the king's projects and maintaining the, the system that the nation had uh, of, of buildings and roads, etc. So he was sent to collect the tax, to collect the people, to do the work. And instead of responding and coming and participating, the people stoned him and he died. So they killed the king's messenger. It seems like Rechavam was completely and utterly clueless here. You know, he, the people went home. The people, it said they weren't going to listen, but he just keeps on going as if nothing ever happened. And now the king, in response to this, this, this um, outrage, so to speak, where the, the, um, the, uh, this man was killed, uh, who was hired by the king to collect, to enforce the labor, 
his amates, he quickly got into his his chariot, Lanus Yerushalayim. Presumably he was in Shechem this entire time, in Shechem where the where the inauguration, where the coronation took place. Um, and he went to run back to Jerusalem to the capital uh, to safety, realizing that he would be the next potential victim of the wrath of the crowd. At this point, the people of Israel rebelled against the house of David, a situation which lasts uh, till this day, in other words, forever. There was never any reconciliation, as we know, between the tribes and the house of David. Now, it would seem that God's plan was that there should be a reconciliation, and we find, in the words of the later prophets, the yearning for such a reconciliation, the idea that one day in the future there will be such a reconciliation, but as of yet, which includes to this day today, there has never been any such um, re- reunification. All of the people of Israel now heard, in other words, even those that weren't present in Shechem, that weren't there when Yeravam, Jeroboam, who had been uh, in exile in Egypt, that he had now returned. Um, so now they have a potential leader. And they sent for him. And they, and they called him to in front of the um, the Edas, the assembly presumably of the elders and the leaders they brought him before their leaders and they made him king over all of Israel the, of all of the tribes of Israel none followed David with the exception of the tribe of Judah and Rechavam arrived, you remember he was running from the crowd in fear of his life to Jerusalem. He arrived in Jerusalem, Vayakel et and he gathered the house of Judah. And at this point, it would have seemed from the previous verse that Benjamin was somehow on the fence. But now Rechavam gathered the tribe of Judah, Ve'et Shevet Binyamin, and the um, tribe of Benjamin, who now allied themselves with Judah. So really two tribes are underneath the uh, the the rule of Rechavam. Immediately when the, when, the, when, when the people split and had put on themselves a new king, and Rechavam saw himself as the legitimate ruler of everyone, so this is a rebellion. So he brings together 180,000 chosen uh, troops, those that are trained at war, to go ahead and wage war against those that seceded against those that uh, the house of Israel <laughs> with the intent to put suppress this rebellion and bring the other tribes underneath the rule of Rechavam to reunite them and at this time we we haven't heard since the time of Shlomo we haven't heard of a prophet Speaking to the king. We didn't hear a prophet speaking to the king Shlomo. We didn't hear the king Shlomo <coughs> even asking a prophet advice. And, and we certainly did not find when Rechavam asked advice. He asked advice of elders. He asked advice of his friends. But he never asked a prophet. Um, which one could, and, and I mentioned this earlier, one could imagine that this is, uh, this is probably a, a, one of the sources and reasons for the failures of Shlomo and Rechavam. But here... God comes to to a prophet to advise the king. And then Shemaya, 
who is a prophet who we haven't heard about yet. But he was a man of God, a prophet. And the prophecy came to Shmaya as follows, with the following instructions. Say to Rechavam, the son of Shlomo, the king of Yehuda, and say this to the entire house of Judah and Benjamin, and the rest of the people, Lamar, the rest of the people, in other words, whoever else <coughs> of pieces of the other tribes, maybe Levites, uh, priests, etc., and some of the other tribes that were living in the territory that was still under the rule of Rechavam, tell them as follows. <coughs> so says God, do not go up, in other words, up meaning to wage war in, in the north. Do not wage war in Machechem B'nei Israel with your brethren, this, the, the children of Israel. Shuvu ish go home. Ki me'itin This is my plan. I want this split to happen. Vayishmu Adonai. And they listened to God's instructions. Vayashuvu Adonai. And they returned and they, rather than go. So interestingly enough, that as God has spoken. Now interestingly enough, this, um, this, uh, a return. It seems like the Shemaya, Shemaya, the um, the uh, sorry, the prophet spoke to Rechavam, right? But also spoke to the people directly, because it's very possible. Uh, indeed, we, given what we know about Rechavam's uh, nature and what we've learned so far about him, he probably wouldn't have listened. But when he talked to the people and knocked some sense into their head, this is not the right path. In other words. This will not. This is not the way to bring about a reconciliation, not through a civil war. So in this way, a terrible civil war with consequences that we can only imagine what they would have been has now been averted. And now Yeravam built up Shechem um, in, in Ephraim. He lived there. Uh, and that's where he set up his... Um, his, uh, his 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 kingdom. The um, um, and then uh, and, and build and as he built up uh, Shechem, right? He also by even at he left there by even at Penuel. He also built up the city of Penuel. Um, um, the Vayomer uh, Yeravam Belibo, and now Yeravam, we're about to learn the mistakes of Yeravam. Until this point, Yeravam is being played off, is being presented as a righteous person. God promised him the kingdom. God told Yeravam he's fighting for the common folk. He's standing up for the for the people that have been oppressed. Standing up, you know, tr- speaking truth to power, so to speak, in the way we would speak today, and. God promised him that he'd be the king, and God fulfilled that promise, and God told him, if you stick with the program, if you follow my, my laws and my rules, and you live an appropriate life, and you lead the people in a proper way, that, that your kingdom will last. So until this point, we see Yeravam as a good person. But right here in this verse, we start seeing Yeravam taking a turn to the worse, and this this is going to begin a slide that's going to go steadily downward until Yeravam will eventually um, be known as one of the greatest villains in Jewish history. Um, but where did it all start? It all started with hubris. Yeravam understood that ultimately 
what God wanted was reconciliation. Ultimately, what God wanted is his people to be united. Now, in some way that we don't fully understand, this could have been done by some, there's many ways there could have been a, a, a reunification, right? The people could have maintained their loyalty to God together. They could have worshiped together, been together, lived together, and there would have been two separate kings in this way, you know, like some, some sort of a confederation, right? Which could have lasted a long time in peace. And this could have been, and the, I, the way I usually like to think of it, is it could have been a check on the power that ultimately corrupted Shlomo. We saw what happened to Shlomo under united monarchy when everyone was together. Shlomo took it a step too far. Too much wealth, too much grandeur, too much strength, too much power, etc., which ended up leading him astray. And uh, under two separate kings, there would be somewhat of a check on that power, somewhat of a... a uh, uh, a um, uh, you know a, a situation where the the king would be less kings would, uh, would be less likely to build up so much absolute power. Now Yeravam is afraid of that. He's afraid, constantly worried and jealous of of Rechavam. Instead of trying to work towards a mutual peace together, he's afraid that Rechavam will outshine him. So so again, it's all it's almost always arrogance that leads to the decline in a person's character and leads to decisions that end up in destruction. Jeroboam said in his heart, Now I see that the kingdom was going to go back to the house of David. In other words, my kingdom is not going to last, despite the fact that God had promised him otherwise. God had told him what he needs to do to keep his kingdom going, and that was to be faithful to God. But he thinks he needs to, a better plan. And what's his better plan? And but why is he afraid? Because the people are going to go and bring bring carbonot. Uh, they're going to bring uh, sacrifices and they're going to pray at God's house at the temple in Jerusalem. And the people are going to go back to their master, El to Rehoboam, to Rehoboam, the king of Judah. And then Vaharaguni, they're going to end up killing me. And they're going to return to Rechavam. He couldn't imagine any other arrangement, any other possibility other than the people returning to Rechavam, and which he could not tolerate. And eventually he thought he'd be looked upon as a, as a, as a uh, rebellious leader, and that would end his career and his life. So what's the unfortunate solution to this? The unfortunate solution is... Um, what he's about to do. Verse 28. The king went and took, uh, and took advice from his uh, advisors. So here we have the king looking to the wrong place for advice, not following the word of God, and instead he does something terrible. And he takes two golden calves. And it's impossible not to note the similarity here between the golden calves and the, ca- the golden calf from the story of the Exodus, uh, that it, while in the wilderness, the Jewish people, when they uh, were waiting for Moshe, Moses to come down from his encounter with God, that they went and took a golden calf, which is one of the worst episodes in the history of the Jewish people. Here we have Yerav Am bringing out the golden calf again. This time he brings two golden calves. 
Vayomer Aleihem, and he said to the people, Rav Lachem Me'alot Yishlaim, it's too tough, it's too much, too hard, it's it's too difficult to all to have to schlep to drag yourselves all the way to Jerusalem. Here is your God, Israel, and this of course is very reminiscent again of the term Ela Elohachi Israel that was used at the Golden Calf at the time of Moshe, at the time of Moses, <coughs> and it continues with the phrase Asher Mitzrayim that has taken you out of the land of Egypt, which is exactly the phrase that was used back then. So your Abam triggers a memory in the people's hearts which um, which is a terrible memory to us looking from the outside in from the, with the perspective of history <coughs> and the people back then unfortunately fell into the same trap and in order to show that you know um, he's doing it as a favor right to them, you know, it, so that shouldn't have to travel all the way to Jerusalem. He makes it convenient. He locates them in different places. He places one of the calves bebeit el at echad natan bedan, and one of them in dan. So now you have this, um, these golden calves, and um, now there's two calves, and um, two locations for them to go to pray and worship rather than have to go to Jerusalem. and this became a a, 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 a cause of terrible guilt, a terrible sin for the people forever. And, um, and the people went before, before one of those calves all the way to Dan, so they would go to either one, either here or, or travel to Dan, to the, this new calf. And to make it even worse, he made... Um, he made places all around, worship places scattered all around, high places, and he, and he took <coughs> priests, rather than priests that were from the tribe of Levi, of Levi, he took priests from the people, that were not from the sons of Levi. So, and then Yeravam takes a, uh, in order to separate people even further, he takes a, the, um, a month in which uh, famously has no holidays, has no biblical holidays, the eighth month of the year, right? Uh, the, nowadays known as the month of Cheshvan, Vayatsi Rav Amchag, he made a holiday, he started a new holiday, Bachodesh Hashmini, in the eighth month, Bachamishas Yom, on the 15th day, clearly choosing <coughs> the 15th day because that's the day of the major festivals of Pesach and Sukkot in different months, but he fashioned this one in a new month, but <coughs> on the same day, Lachodesh, Similarly, just like the, the Chag, which usually refers to the holiday of Sukkot, which happens in Judah, he took, also took the 15th day of the month, and he, um, and he uh, brought sacrifices on the altar. That's what he also did in Beit El. So the same service that was being done there on Sukkot, he did here on the 15th day of Cheshvan. To bring, to bring, um, so in other words, he is this way convincing the people that he's doing the same thing, the same service, it's just here instead of there. And he hired in Beit El the, 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 the priests for the high places that he had made. And a month that he just decided on his own. Obviously, God did not tell him. Nobody told him to do this. He did it completely on his own. 
right? Um, which, you know, he just completely decided on his own that this is what he should do in order to separate the people and keep them. So the, so the whole, the key to reuniting the people, the key to keeping them together was the Beit HaMikdash, was the temple, was the service, was the common religion that the people shared. <coughs> so it wasn't the political split that was the problem. The political split, in God's mind, so to speak, right, to, um, if we can even use that term, was what he wanted. He wanted there to be a political split. And I suggested the reason for that might have been to prevent uh, a repeat of Solomon's failures. But a, um, but, uh, but a religious split, that was completely not what God wanted. That was Badamilibo. That is something that Yeravam took on his own, leading the people to idol worship. Vayaschag Levnei Israel, and he made a new holiday for the people of Israel. Vayalam is Beach Lahakdir. And he, and he, uh, uh, he went up on the altar in order to bring uh, incense and and to uh, offerings to his new gods with a small g. So here we have the beginning of the um, of the descent of the people of Israel into idol worship, and this unfortunately uh, solidified the split between Judah and Israel now have two religions, two um, centers of worship, and two kings, and um, this will be the, you know, just a slide to their downfall, which we're going to be reading about through the rest of this book of Kings. So I'm sad to end on a sad note, but that's unfortunately the note with which this chapter ends. Thank you so much for studying chapter 12 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 13 and learning all of the lessons that this book has to teach us. Have a wonderful day.